Hi there, and welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 202. My mission here with this entire venture is to show you that you shouldn't have to feel fake and salesy to grow your business. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and as always, I so appreciate you joining me here today. I want to start off by giving a special shout out to Kitty Hesschesberger, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name properly. She gave a wonderful review on iTunes with the title of Exceptionally Helpful and Inspiring. This podcast is perfect for positioning ambition with DIY talent and taking a hobby to the level of a legitimate business. The guests are also helpful in sharing the lessons and challenges that they've navigated on the path to success. It's comforting to know that the challenges I encounter are similar to everyone else's journey. Thanks, Gift Biz. Kitty, this is exactly what we're trying to accomplish here. I so appreciate you recognizing it and giving us a review. Thank you so much. And for those of you who also have the inclination to leave a rating and review, first, a sincere thank you. And perhaps yours will be one that I select to highlight on the show. It's always fun to hear your name pop up unexpectedly. Let's talk a little bit about what we're doing today. I am so excited to share this with you. You know, I've talked to a lot of you one-on-one, and I know that doing all the things we have to do in our creative business is a big contributor to overwhelm. And then overwhelm affects everything, how you show up each day, how you talk with customers, and sadly, how you feel about your business. Well, what if I told you that you don't need to do all these things, specifically when it comes to marketing? It's true. You really only need to do the things that feel right for you. So you might be saying, well, how do I find that out? How do I know what's right for me? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the show. Today, I have the pleasure and cannot wait to introduce you to Britt Colo. Britt is the creator of the Marketing Personality Type Framework and the host of the Marketing Personalities Podcast. Her framework is designed to match you with your best marketing strategy based on your Myers-Briggs personality type. Now, don't worry if you have never heard of Myers-Briggs before, we're going to get into that, but just understand that it's your own unique personality type. So Britt is here to shake up your approach to marketing and inspire you to grow your business in a feel-good way. Oh, isn't that so refreshing? So get ready to go deep, find your true self, and grow that business of yours without feeling fake and salesy. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast, Britt. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled that you are here, and I'd like to dive right in to having you introduce yourself in a fun, creative way, and that is by having you describe yourself as a motivational candle. So if you were to let us know what color and a quote or some type of slogan that really resonates with you, 
what would your motivational candle look like? Okay, so this is by far the coolest podcast interview question I've ever been asked. So let's just get that out of the way. Oh, yay. (laughs) I think this is so cool. Okay, so my candle would be white. I love white and minimalistic colors and monochromatic things. I know that that might be boring to some people, but it just feels clean and just relaxed to me. So my candle would be white. It would smell like a fresh mountain air near a lake, if that's a smell. I don't have a name for that, but that would be my absolute favorite smell. And the quote on it seems like my life mantra. It's like a line, a phrase that just has come up again and again in my entire life, and that is all is well. So that's my candle. Oh, I love it. It's so pure and simple and clean. Yeah. And do you go to all is well when you get into those inevitable challenge times where like everything seems to be disrupting around you and then you just go, nope, all is well. You know, I feel like all is well is just stamped across my soul. It's just, it comes in in every moment. And for sure, definitely in the moments where I feel frazzled and just kind of ungrounded, if I can quiet my mind enough and dip down into, okay, wait, 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 what's going on here? The line is always all as well. And I find that I say it out loud a lot. So when other entrepreneurs come my way and they're in that frazzled state, I find myself going back to that phrase, all is well, relax, all is well, we're going to get through this, it's okay. So yeah, it's definitely a phrase that probably people around me are sick of hearing, but it's so true. I mean, I'm sick of hearing it sometimes too when I'm in that state of like, ah, (laughs) there's so much going on. But it's so true and it's so good and it grounds me so quickly. Yeah. And they're just three simple words that can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. So kind of like the Nike slogan, just do it. Similar type thing, simple words, but when you put them together and add meaning behind them, they really can help you and ground you as you were saying. All right. Well, let's go back a little bit. Share with us how you've gotten to the point that you're at today. What you're doing is so cool. I'm so excited to dive in, but just give us a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, sure. So for context, today I own Marketing Personalities, and it's a website that you can go to to find what your best marketing strategy is based on your Myers-Briggs personality type. And I did not start there. So to rewind the tapes a little bit, I got a degree from Penn State about, I don't know, how many years ago? Just a few. (laughs) I got a degree from Penn State Yeah, just a few in kinesiology, which has nothing to do with marketing or owning your own business. Kinesiology is the study of human movement. So I was a science nerd and I really dug that for a while. I thought I wanted to be a wellness coach, a health coach. And so I got that degree. I got into a really great company with a full-time job as a wellness coach, moved my way up pretty quickly in that company. I was a real go-getter in that environment. And I found myself in the role of client relations director. And I really was not great at that. I was not a good fit for that position. The position wasn't a good fit for me. And in my procrastination time in that role, I found myself in really, really great deep discussions about marketing and sales. Because if you're taking care of your clients, you know, you're also thinking about, well, why did they come here? Why are they leaving? And you start looking at the sales and marketing department of the company. Really, really great conversations there. I started to get really fascinated with the world of marketing and sales. 
started to get really obsessed, started listening to all these podcasts. And this was back when podcasts weren't even really a thing. Like I would say that I listen to podcasts and people would be like, what's that? <laughs> what are you doing? And these are people my age. These weren't just like my mom. My mom still doesn't really understand what the podcast is, but that's okay. I just got so addicted to them so fast. And also reading all the blogs, just getting completely obsessed with it. And then I moved over after a quick conversation with my boss in which I said, hey, if you don't let me move into the marketing department, I'm going to go do marketing for somebody else. So can I do marketing for this company? And he graciously said, yeah, let's see how you do over there. Because he knew I was kind of sucking over in the client relations department. So I moved over to the marketing department, turned that whole thing around, did a really great job over there. And within about a year and a half, almost two years, I decided, you know what? I love this stuff. And if I can do it for this one company, I can probably do it for other companies. So I decided one day that I was going to quit my job and start a marketing agency. The next Monday, I put in my notice at my job and I left four weeks later and I started a marketing agency. And quickly, I realized, oh my goodness, I just went from having one boss to seven bosses. <laughs> yeah. Not the most fun thing ever. And so then I warped my marketing agency company into a marketing coaching company where I wasn't necessarily in there doing the marketing for people. I was coaching them through it. Typically female entrepreneurs with a coaching business of their own or some sort of digital product type of business. I worked with a lot of those types of entrepreneurs. And through that experience with working with all these people, being in the marketing, especially the online marketing space for a while, I started noticing these trends between different clients that I had. I had always asked them their Myers-Briggs personality type as soon as they became my client because I had always, even from back in high school, I always thought that personality assessments were so helpful in understanding a person. And so then I could coach them better and work with them better. So I would always ask. And then working with all these different clients, I started recognizing that, wait a second, when I give this piece of advice to this client, she's a, for instance, an ENFP. She takes that advice and just totally runs with it. She loves that advice. She just goes with it. It feels so great to her and it feels really good and it works. And then when I take that same piece of advice and I give it to this client who is, a, let's say, an ISFJ, completely different personality type, she wrinkles her nose and gets all squeamish and she doesn't know what to do with this. Like, this does not feel good to her. And so I started connecting those dots over time. And through those dots being connected, I decided that, okay, this personality thing has a big impact on how someone works with me in my coaching. So I started incorporating it into my coaching more. And then I realized, wait a second, this is a whole framework. And this needs to be out to not just my coaching clients, the people I'm working with one-on-one, -on -one, but this needs to be available for everyone because I'm starting to connect these dots and allowing my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients to feel good in their marketing. And if it's a true framework, this needs to be available to everyone. And that is when marketingpersonalities.com was born. So now you don't have to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. You can just go to the website and find out what marketing strategy is going to feel good for you. And you can just let go of the other things that feel fake and salesy. Because at the end of the day, my company and really my mission here with this entire venture is to show you that you shouldn't have to feel fake and salesy to grow your business. Yes, you don't have to. You can actually feel good. So that is what brought me to Marketing Personalities and what I'm doing right now. 
It is brilliant, Britt, because it makes so much sense that just because let's use the big one that everyone talks about right now, live, right? Whether it's Facebook Live, Instagram Live, Stories, all of that. The big message that always comes out is, oh, you have to be doing it. It's the biggest thing. It's going to get you great visibility. And while that might be so, not everyone feels comfortable with doing that. So what happens? They don't look authentic. Another big keyword that people are saying right now, right? But it doesn't come across properly if you're not doing something that's a fit with your personality. So again, I'm going to use the word brilliant because I think this can be a game changer for people. And I do want to share, Gift Biz listeners, I was just at a mastermind with Britt. We all had our Myers-Briggs personality types already, and we'll get into that, Britt, in a second. But we had those types, but then we were able to match up with what Britt's recommendations are for how to market that fits and is most comfortable for us. And it was a little freaky. Everyone, remember that Facebook thread, (laughs) Britt? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, are you standing right next to me seeing the types of things I'm doing? Or are you inside me knowing what's comfortable and what's not? It was uncanny how right on all of this information was. And we talked about using me as an example. I don't know if that's what our plan is. So I'm not going to share what my experience has been yet because I want all the listeners to come along with us and really understand what this is all about. But it's real. I mean, I love, love what you put together. And I'm glad we're catching you at this point in your journey because I think this is going to explode. I'm so excited to see what happens with (laughs) all of this. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Let's start out and talk about Myers-Briggs and what that means and how somebody could get their hands on what their personality type is. We've already been saying all these crazy letters and some people might be going, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. <laughs> so what's Myers-Briggs? Okay. So Myers-Briggs is pretty much one of the most gold standard personality assessments out there. It's been around for a very long time, since about the 1920s, so almost a century. And it's the personality assessment that a lot of organizations feed you to to learn more about yourself. And so you can find out what your Myers-Briggs personality type is by going to my favorite asset. I mean, there are a few assessments out there. The most direct way to get your Myers-Briggs personality type is to go to myersbriggs.com or Google Myers-Briggs. And we can link to that, of course, and take that test but the, my favorite one, actually, is not the Myers-Briggs one. It's over on 16personalities.com. It's an assessment that gives you your Myers-Briggs personality type, but it also gives you so much more information in a way that I think most of the population is ready to consume it. It just makes it more fun. The language is so approachable. It makes sense. So I definitely recommend going to 16personalities.com. Okay. Is that the number six or is it 16 spelled out? It's the number 16personalities.com. Okay. And is there a cost to any of this? No. If you go to 16personalities.com, it's a totally free assessment. Beautiful. Okay. And so then what do you get when you go through the assessment? And that's, it's just a list of questions, you guys. It's nothing crazy. It's just a list of questions. Mm -hmm. And I think you're supposed to just answer it with your immediate reaction. You're not supposed to overthink the questions, right, Britt? Correct. And I want to be very clear. I don't own 16 personalities. This is a different organization. This is just my favorite assessment to go find your Myers-Briggs personality type. 
if you've never known it, or maybe it's been a super long time since you've taken a personality assessment, that's my favorite one to send people to because it's so approachable and it's just incredible how they give you your results. They're just mind-blowing. And as you're taking the assessment, my best advice is to do it at your best time of day. So if your worst time of day is at the end of your day, you're totally wiped out, probably not a great place to take a personality assessment. (laughs) So just find your best time of day. Maybe it's first thing in the morning. Maybe it is later in the evening when you've relaxed and you've wind down, whatever. Take it during your best time of day. And then as you go through the questions, yes, I do advise to just go with your first gut reaction to the questions and answer them as honestly as you possibly can. Try not to answer them in a way that you think you should answer them, but in a way that you yourself actually believe in. That's key. Yeah, because if you're not being your true self, then your results are skewed and this is not going to lead you to anything that's really going to help. Exactly. So if someone, you know, lots of big businesses will also do these personality assessments. If someone did a Myers-Briggs 10 years ago or so, would you suggest they redo it? I do suggest redoing it. There are theories out there that your personality type is kind of locked into you by the time you're five years old or eight years old or whatever, and it doesn't change. But in my experience, and I've talked to so many people at this point, sometimes you take a personality assessment right after you've been hired by someone. This is so common. I hear this all the time. And you consciously or unconsciously, you answer the questions in the way that you think your new employer would want you to answer them. And therefore, you don't really get a true read on what your actual personality type is. And even if it's been a long, long time since you've taken it, take it again. Just go ahead and maybe you come out as the exact same personality type, which just further validates that you were right on from before. And maybe you have a new perspective and that's the one that you want to go forth with into the future. So yeah, it doesn't hurt to just take the free assessment and see. Okay, perfect. And so then when you're done, you get four letters that define your personality. So let's talk a little bit about what that's all about. And there's, I think, two options for each letter, right? Yeah. And I go into much greater detail about these four aspects on my podcast and on my website. I'll give you a quick overview. So there are four letters. The first letter is either an I or an E standing for either introverted or extroverted. Lots of funny things that people believe and have misconceptions of about the introversion extroversion scale. That could be a whole other separate (laughs) podcast episode. (laughs) But regardless of what you think you are, it's interesting. It really it really depends on where you gain energy from. And studies now are saying that vast majority of the population sit somewhere in the middle. You might have heard the term ambivert before, and that's someone who kind of sits in the middle between introversion and extroversion. So again, lots of weird things going on between those two letters, but you won't know until you take the assessment which one you actually are. So that's the first letter. The second letter is either an S or an N. S stands for observant and N stands for intuitive, meaning where you are more tuned in to get your information. If you're observant, you tend to prefer to take in information from external sources, your surroundings. And if you're more intuitive, you tend to prefer to look inward for cues to your intuition, your gut reactions to things. 
third letter is either a T or an F. T standing for thinking and F standing for feeling. This is where you tend to make your decisions from. If you're a T, you make it more from a logical standpoint, things that you can think through with your mind. And if you're an F, you tend to make decisions from your feelings, maybe not logical, but true to you feelings. And then finally, the fourth letter is either a J or a P. J stands for judging. P stands for perceiving. If you are a J, you tend to be pretty self-assured. You can make a decision pretty quickly because you have the ability to see things in more of a black and white aspect. And let's be very clear. J does not mean judgmental. Okay, it just means judging. You have a clear sense of which way you want to go on any given day. And then if you are a P, you are a perceiver. And that's someone who tends to be a little bit more open and less able to see things in black and white and therefore a little slower to make decisions usually. And as with any of the letters, this applies to all of the letters, all of the aspects of your personality type, there is no one right or wrong. There's just a right for you, whatever you prefer. So you are who you are, and that's totally enough. So regardless of what you come up as, that's you. And that is beautiful. And we can definitely use that to our advantage in our marketing and our business to grow and not feel like we're being anybody other than ourselves. Perfect. I agree. And I was going to make that comment if you didn't, that there is no one right answer. There is no preferred combination or anything. And the great thing about this versus taking this with a past employer is you're the only one who sees the results unless you care to share them with somebody. So it's a great way just to get more perspective, more knowledge and understanding of who you are and what drives you. And so then the fascinating thing here is then, Britt, you take whatever the four letters are, and then you overlay that into, okay, what does that mean for your business and how you could most naturally market your business based on the type of person that you are, right? Correct. Yeah, that's where it goes. When you get your Myers-Briggs personality type, you get results that are descriptive. So they're describing you. And then I've taken that and I've made a prescriptive model. I'm taking your personality type and I'm prescribing a marketing strategy that I know is going to feel really good for you. So it takes it from this theoretical, like, yeah, this is who you are to, hey, if that's who you are, this is what you can do. Like, let's skip all the fake and salesy stuff and trying everything under the sun and the proverbial throwing spaghetti at the wall. And let's just go straight for what's going to feel good. Because when you feel good, your audience is going to pick up on that feel good energy. They're going to be attracted to that. If you show up fake and salesy and kind of like not sure of yourself, guess what? Your audience is going to pick up on that too. And they're going to be like, "Uh, I don't know if I trust this. I'm going to just find somebody else to work with. But when you're feeling good and confident in how you're showing up and what you're showing up for based on your natural personality type, your audience is like, ooh, I want some of that. She's feeling good. I can tell. This is definitely aligned with who she is and I want more of it. And so that's essentially why we do it. And it also then overflows into your product too. Because if you're feeling good and comfortable and confident then people are going to just feel better about the quality that you present overall, even into a tangible product. Wouldn't you agree, Britt? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's fun to get into these conversations with business owners because we start the conversation by seeing how their personality type can inform their marketing strategy. 
And then the more self-aware they become about their personality type, they start to realize that, that can also indicate what kind of business model they take on and what they offer to their clients and customers. And that not only applies to service-based business owners, but also product-based too. So yeah, absolutely. When we return to the conversation, I want to share with you a real life example of how you can use marketing personalities and understand what you should and shouldn't be doing with your business. But first, I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week to get reaction from other people and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today. Okay, so I'd like to bring the listener and continue them on the journey. We talked about using me as an example, so I'm willing to just like (laughs) share with the world what I'm all about just by way of example. Obviously, many of you would be different than I am, but you're up for that, Britt, to talk about me and what my results were. And I think people who have been following me for a while are going to see how in line I am, not Like what this did for me, Britt, when I got my results is like, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is already the right fit for what your results were showing me. So that made me just feel more confident and more comfortable in what I'm doing out there with potentially a little tweak, but let's talk about this a little bit. I am an ENFJ. Awesome. So let's talk about what that means. So I'm, you go with the numbers, with the letters, I mean. Yeah, I'll just give you a rundown. And I know this personality type really, really well because I am also an ENFJ. Yay. (laughs) That might skew some things a little bit. If you're interested to hear me speak about a personality type that is not mine, I talk about that a lot in my own podcast. But this will be fun because we'll just get to jam about the things that feel really good to both of us. And remember, as we go through this, dear listener, this is not the only way to do it. That's why there are 16 different personality types and 16 different suggestions that I give throughout my work. And then even within just one personality type, there are how many billion people on the planet and every single person is different from one another. So while Sue and I are both ENFJs, we will still do things differently, right? Because we're different humans with different human experiences. So An ENFJ, so let me break it down for you real quick, those letters. E stands for extroverted, N stands for intuitive, F stands for feeling, and J stands for judging. But not judgmental, you shared. Right, but not judgmental, very different. (laughs) Very different words. (laughs) Because I was worried about that when I got that J at first, too. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it's so funny how that can have a negative connotation. But just like we said, there's no right or wrong. And J isn't better than P. P isn't better than J. So as an ENFJ, we know that you are part of the diplomat tribe. So there are 16 personality types. 
And there are four tribes within those types of four different types in each tribe. So the diplomat tribe are those who have N and F in their personality type, intuitive feelers. And what we know about intuitive feelers is they are deep. They love to go deep. There's always something deeper to dig into for them. They are intuitively tuned. So looking at cues from inside and their feelings. And so when that is the case, we've got lots of deep stuff going on all the time, all the time. We are also very much mission driven. So if we can identify why we're doing something and we intuitively know that we believe in that why, we'll do it. But without a clear why, we are not in. We're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Why are we doing this again? I cannot tell you how many times I asked that question in my corporate job. Like, whoa, wait a second, but why? Can you tell me why? Because a lot of times for intuitive feelers, especially if they're larger corporation and they're not autonomous, they're not making all the decisions for themselves, it can get really muddy. Like, but why in the world are we doing it this way? I have found that can lead a lot of intuitive feelers to start their own thing because they can't find the why. It's difficult to. Does that follow through in all things? Because I'll even see just with projects, like when I've been on boards or things like that, and a project comes up, it's like, what's the end result? Why are we even doing this? But I think of it more as a productivity issue. Like we're spending so much time on this. Is what we're trying to get to worth that much time investment? Yeah. Well, anything regarding your personality type affects everything in your life. So it's not just, I mean, I give a lot of business related and career related examples because that's the space I'm in, but this also relates to relationships, life outside of business, everything, because this is how you approach life as a human. (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. And that's interesting. So the concern of wasting time is something that I see in intuitive feelers and specifically ENFJs as well. I have a couple theories on why that is. I think the biggest thing is that we often, as intuitive feelers, we don't go surface level. We go deep. And any kind of thing that's going to stay surface level doesn't feel like it's worth our time. And because we like to go deep, we need a lot of space and time to create things. And knowing that, we have to be really careful to not let surface level projects, things without a why, creep in and cut away at our time on the things that really matter to us. So time comes into that thought of like, okay, but why? Why? Right. Because we definitely want to be spending our time wisely on the things that do matter to us. Right. As we look at specifically the ENFJ best marketing strategy, it relates to speaking with your audience. So usually we see ENFJs hosting podcasts. Hello. Ding, ding, ding. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And creating really rich conversations. We often do really well with a mic in front of us. We often have quite a few things to say, but not in a way that is commanding or dictatorship. It's more in a way of, hey, I have figured this out. I'm just a couple steps ahead of you and I really want to help you out with this. If you're willing to listen, I could probably get you there a little faster because I've gone ahead and I've figured something out for you. So we very much take on a guide and a mentor type of role for our people very naturally. I mean, it's not even something that we necessarily have to try at. 
It just happens because that's how when we're in a healthy ENFJ space, that's just how we operate. Often our customers, our audiences, our family members, our friends, they often come to us and ask for advice. For some, even if we're younger than the person, people ask our advice because we just so naturally present ourselves as that mentor, as that guide, as that wiser person. I feel that so much. And one thing, since we're going that direction, one thing and possibly my biggest revelation from the information that I got from you, Britt, was, yes, I like to speak in front of people. I like to podcast. I do Facebook Lives, all of that type of thing. But the most interesting part of all of that is in the documentation that you sent is, for me, I'd rather help someone help themselves than forever being relied on being the fixer, the one who answers all their questions. I would rather empower another person to be able to take it and move forward. And that for me was so insightful because even the programs that I create, I'm trying to make it so they're not always reliant on me forever. And I didn't really know that about myself, but I've been, that's naturally what I've been creating. People are asking me more and more to coach. And even my communication style in terms of coaching is, here's the types of thoughts, conversations, action steps. Now take that and carry forth versus now I'm going to teach you how to do it all. That's not my style. Right. I'll help direct it, but I'm not going to be your doer forever. I want you to be able to do it so you're empowered. Right. As an ENFJ, and I feel this so viscerally because I am an ENFJ, but we do not want to be seen as the one with all the answers. We would rather get into a conversation or even start a conversation that prompts the listener to find the answer within themselves. We just intuitively know that everyone knows the answer. You know the answer. You just have to be prompted to ask yourself to answer the question. And so, Sue, I want you to, this is like, I haven't told any other ENFJ to do this, but I just happened to be watching The Lion King on Freeform this past weekend because it's the middle of winter and I am really, really lame. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching The Lion King and now that I'm so deep into personality types, I can't help myself when I'm watching movies, I'm typing out the characters. <laughs> like I'm imagining what type they are. And I realized that, and I'm going to blank on the name of the baboon, the one that Simba meets in the jungle and Rafiki, that's his name. Go watch Lion King and just experience that baboon and how he acts. He is a, oh my goodness, like quintessential textbook ENFJ. As an ENFJ, it will give you such, if your experience is anything like mine, it just gives you so much inspiration and empowerment to be that guide and give someone the gift of finding the answers within themselves. That's what we're here for. Yep. I love that. And I'm so excited. Now I am going to do that this weekend because I just love the Lion Good. King movie <laughs> anyway. So now I have reason. Yeah. So that all works well. One just quick self question for you, because I have to ask it, is I also find that, yes, they have the answer inside themselves, but so much of the time they prevent themselves from seeing it because of their own self-talk, the mindset of who am I, you know, like all of that. So a lot of what I find, even though we're going to start talking about a conversation of how do you get more customers, which product should I be offering, all of that, the real story is why would people ever even want to buy from me? Or I'm afraid to put myself out there because what if people aren't interested? Like it's more the mindset thing. And so we get into a lot of that conversation too. Does that align with my personality type? 
For sure, because you're an intuitive feeler. You prefer to look at your internal world for cues as opposed to the external world. And you are a feeler, which means you tend to make decisions from what you're feeling, the emotions, as opposed to what you're thinking. Now, you might be working with someone who is more of a thinker or someone who's more observant. So looking externally and not internally and someone who's trying to make a logical decision and using their mind and paying attention to what their mind's saying as opposed to what they're feeling. And there can be a disconnect there. And this is yet another dynamic of our personality types. We don't only work with people who have our personality type. So to be first self-aware of what your personality type is and then become aware of who you're working with and how you might be able to not change their personality type to be yours, (laughs) but speak to them in a way that they can move past their hurdles in a way that makes sense to them and not just that makes sense to you. So in that case, for you, Sue, you're going to be naturally and uniquely positioned to encourage people to quiet the mind, even if they're a thinker, quiet the mind, extract themselves from the distractions externally and look inward for the answers because you're an expert at that. Whether you realize that or not, you're an expert at that because you just do it naturally. So you're uniquely qualified and positioned to give people the space and allow people to do that for themselves, regardless of their type. Beautiful. I love hearing that. That makes me feel good because it matches what I think. So Perfect. And gift biz listeners, I don't want you to feel like this has been self-serving, but this is a demonstration of the types of things that you can learn about yourself as you start matching these things up. So I wanted to do a demonstration of that. Now, just on the other side, the other thing, and we won't take too long with this, but the other thing is it also shows you what you are less comfortable doing and what you should do less of and maybe hire out for in your company because it doesn't resonate with your personality type as well. So let's talk about that in relation to an ENFJ. Okay, yeah. So every single personality type, I'll show you your best marketing strategy. I also will show you your worst marketing strategy. So that gives you the permission to either just simply not utilize that worst thing in your strategy, or if you feel like it still belongs in your strategy, that's something that you outsource. And you get someone whose strength is that thing to come in and work that for you so you don't get bogged down in that worst marketing strategy. And it's so fascinating, kind of breaks my heart sometimes, but it's just what us humans do. I find so many people validated in their results, their marketing personality type results and saying, I knew this was my best marketing strategy. And then they see their worst marketing strategy and they're like, oh man, I have wasted so much time, money and effort trying to make that worst marketing strategy work for me. Because for some reason, we get into this comparison trap. We see someone who is our exact opposite and we try to do things like them because we think that's what we're missing. If we could just master that thing that feels hard, we would make it. But in truth, no, you don't need that. You just need you and what feels good. So for an ENFJ, you know, ENFJs tend to be pretty skillful at a lot of things. And I don't say that to toot my own horn. That is not my aim. (laughs) Every time I have to say that, I'm like, oh, that feels so self-serving. But it's not true. It's ENFJs tend to be pretty dynamic in their skills and their knowledge. And so in that, we recognize that we probably could do 
everything in our business ourselves. If we had to, we could do it. And we kind of lean towards that, especially in the beginning. We're like, I can totally do this. We are some of the most empowering, empowered people on the planet. And so we're like, I can totally do all of this. I'm going to just take it all on. And if we're not careful, we keep everything that we took on and we don't give anything away. And the one thing that ENFJs, not that they're bad at it, but they can really get bogged down by it and it can hold them back from their best marketing strategy are the technical integrations of a sales funnel. We're visionaries and so we can see how a sales funnel can work. We can strategize all day long about it. We can put it into place and we can probably do a really good job at putting it into place, but not for our best gain. Our best efforts are meant to be over here behind a mic, creating conversations and empowering people with our mesmerizing voices, not behind the scenes, working out a tech glitch and figuring out if Teachable integrates with this thing over here and how to send this email. And can we do it? Yes. Should we do it for our best gain? Probably not. So that's the ENFJ suggestion. And oh my gosh, yeah, and that is so me, so me. Yeah. And you should see all our marketing <laughs> funnels. And like it, It's crazy. But the thing that I did, and I didn't do this because of the direction of knowing that that was more my weakness, just by my own huge fortune, my assistant, she has to take this because I need to know what her personality type is, but she's an engineer by training, so she's so detailed. And she's now the one who does all that integration. Sam Card through this to matching this to Infusionsoft stuff to like all of that. And it's so nice. And now I'll go in there and check things and all of that. But in terms of building from scratch, I won't do it anymore because she's so good at it. And guess what? She likes to do it, I think. <laughs> I think she does. Well, yeah, she's skilled at it. Yeah, because it's comfortable for her. But we'll have to have her take that test because I need to know now. But the other thing I just want to mention to our listeners, you know, because a lot of you guys are just starting out with your businesses. So yeah, you're going to be doing all the things. But when you know what types of things you're less capable of just by nature of your personality, not that you can't do them, but they're not the best fit for you. That's a great directive on what you hire out for first when you're at that point in your business growth. Because that it's going to release you of things that are less comfortable, so you retain the things that you can do so much better. And when you're focusing more on those, you can also do them faster. So I think it's great directive in that way as well. Yeah, and I would also add to that, even as you're just starting out, of course, you're going to wear all the hats, but you also don't need every single marketing strategy under the sun. You don't need to be in all of the places. You need to be in that one feel-good place and create a presence there. And then once you've established that and you've really mastered it to the point where it just comes so natural, it's systemized, it's a piece of you now, then move on to something else. I totally cringe when I see any business owner trying to be in all of the places and all the places feel kind of like a mess, even if they feel good out externally to other people, but they're just kind of a mess internally behind the scenes. It's like, man, I really, really want them to just slow down and focus on the thing that they're best at and see what happens. Because I know there's massive potential in that one place. That's why marketing personalities exist in the first place. You're so powerful in that innate, natural, feel-good space. And if you were to just lean into that and allow yourself to focus on it, 
and grow in that. Oh man. I mean, you don't even need all the other places. You just are off to the races in that one focused area and making a name for yourself and growing your business. So yeah, I encourage it. And I've heard from a lot of people, especially when I first brought this to the scene, a lot of people were like, oh my goodness, I have wasted so much time and energy on being everywhere. And if I could have just known this, this marketing personality type from the beginning, I could have just avoided all of that. I think that's exactly why you're right on this is going to explode soon (laughs) because it does really get you around those hurdles before you even realize that you could be blocked. We're just going to go around all of those distractions. We're going to get you to the end point and you can focus on that. I'll tell you, I think I got here slower. I think I'm on the right path because the other thing I'm doing this year is I've hired someone to help me with my visibility and getting more speaking gigs and more PR presence and all of that. So this just confirms that that's a good path for me to continue on. But I probably could have cut two or three years out of my development had I not been focusing on the blogs and some of the other things and gone straight Mm -hmm. to more of what naturally is right for me. So I'm glad you're on the scene now, Britt, because we all need you. (laughs) (laughs) So we've already told them how to do their Myers-Briggs. Now, how can our listeners get some better understanding of their personality type with the type of information that you just took me through for themselves? Yeah, it's really super simple. So as long as you know your Myers-Briggs personality type, then you'll go over to a special link that Britt has set up for me for all of you. It's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash your marketing personality. Again, giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash your marketing personality. And what happens when they get there, Britt? You'll simply click on your Myers-Briggs personality type. All 16 are right there on that page. You just select yours and it'll take you through that information. It'll be super easy to find everything that we just talked about. And then you guys analyze how it feels. I'm almost 100% sure every single person is going to have some insight like I did and definitely say, oh my gosh, this is so right. This is so me. Because as I said at the top of the show, during our mastermind, everyone was like blown away how right it was. So I'm excited for all of you to do that. So the first thing you do, step one, go to the Myers-Briggs, find out what you are, and then go over to marketingpersonalities.com. Click on the link that contains your letters, and then discovery is awaiting you. So that's kind of exciting. We're going to leave them with that tease. How about that, Brett? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So any final comments, kind of a wrap up here about marketing personalities? Well, thank you for giving me the floor and getting to share this with your audience. I can't wait to hear from them and hear what they find, validation, new ideas, empowerment to show up in their true, natural, feel-good light. And I shared this at the event that Sue and I met each other at. Once you find your marketing personality type, that's really the first step. And that's understanding and feeling that validation. The next step that you could easily skip over and probably go down a bad road with is you have to believe that your natural personality type and what feels good to you is enough. We've got this thing going on in our society, in our culture that tells us that unless it's hard, it's not worthwhile. And unless it's hard, you don't deserve to make money, right? I mean, hate is a strong word and that's why I use it. I hate that. 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really, really don't appreciate that mindset because when you feel good and it's not hard, you show up in such a beautiful way and that's what's going to attract your clients and customers. So find your marketing personality type and then really believe that that's enough to go far and reach your goals and your dreams with this business because it is. So believe in that. Go for it. Oh my gosh, you have just presented gold. I'm so glad I asked you that last question because this point is huge. It never has to be hard. And when you start going into hard, you might be going off your path. Could be a way to look at it as well, I'm thinking. Yeah. So at this point, I'd like to present you with a virtual gift because you were here and shared so much valuable information we want to share back to you. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift from us and open it right here in our presence. What is inside your box? Oh, okay. This actually might be my absolute favorite question on a podcast. I forgot this one was coming. (laughs) This one's my favorite. The candle is a good warm up, but this one is just like takes the cake. Okay. So as I open my box, you will see me on stage with a mic in my hand. I got to be on stage. I have to be speaking. That is absolutely what I'm called to do. And I'm specifically speaking to women and encouraging them and empowering them to be themselves. Just like I did. I mean, I just did that like a minute ago. And that's why I'm here. I really believe that's my purpose in this life. If we really want to go that big, like that's why I'm here. And so inside of my box is me on stage with a mic in my hand, speaking to women and encouraging them to show up just as they are, because that's exactly what we need them to be. That's exactly what this life needs them to be. And aside from that, I have a thriving community of people in marketing personalities, affiliates that are making bank right alongside of me sharing about marketing personalities and maybe even a certification program out there someday too. Oh, I could see that because there's no way you're going to be able to be everywhere. Right. I mean, in person everywhere. Online you can, but not in person. Right. Oh, I can see that so easily. And you're a star on stage because you presented to us last week. Well, it's actually been a month now. Whenever this goes live, it'll be a while. But you definitely are in your jam when you're on stage, for sure. Thank you. On behalf of me and my listeners, we wish all of this to come true for you. Because as you said, and these are my favorite, is when some of these dreams circle back and help a bigger group. It's so wonderful. And most of them actually do. But love yours. I'm so in tune with yours. Wishing you much success as you go on. And Gift Biz listeners, make sure you grab this information. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. And Britt, I am just so honored that you came on the show today and I could introduce you to my listeners. Thanks again for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Sue. So I'm usually pretty good at keeping secrets, but I'm spilling the beans. I can't help it. I'm so excited. I just want to tell you guys what I've been working on over the last few months. It's been a little bit of a secret project because I wasn't sure exactly what the timing was going to look like on it, but I can't wait. I have to share with you my secret. 
Many of you who've been following me for a while know that I wrote a book that came out last May. It's called Maker to Master, but that's not what this is about, although it spins off a similar concept. When I was getting serious about writing that book, there were actually two books that I had in my mind. One was Maker to Master, and that, truth be told, was the harder one to do. But I also was really interested in writing a book that was an inspirational book, kind of inspiration a day. I know you've seen those out there where it's 365 inspiring thoughts for your year or something like that. I think very often we get defeated by our own self-talk and we also sway away from core solid business growth values because there's a new social media site that's available or other things come up that take our mind off of the really important things that we need to grow our business. As things happen, my idea continued to evolve and I came up with the idea of instead of doing a 365 inspiring tips type book, it would be way more helpful for you if it was included in some type of a planner so that every day when you're planning out your day, you'd also then see a tip. If I look at how I work with things, I don't know if I would have a book on the side of my desk and every day look at one day's inspiration and then another day's inspiration. Way better to have everything in one place. Consequently, I have created a planner. It's called Inspired, a daily planner specifically for you, our wonderful community of gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. I'll be sharing more in the upcoming days, but let me give you a few highlights here. One of the cool things about this planner is you can start any month of the year. Have you ever been like me where all of a sudden in May you decide, I want to start doing things different, I want to get myself really organized, but then you go to find a planner and they either start in September going into the next year or you have to buy a year and all the prior months of the year are useless for you because you're already in May. With this planner, you can start anytime. If you're listening to this announcement in January, you can start it right away. If you're hearing this in May, you can use this planner starting in May. It has monthly and daily layouts, so you'll be able to keep yourself really organized and special life-enhancing sections. More on that later. It also includes what I've been talking about earlier and the reason I changed this from a book to a planner, and that is daily inspiration, things that you need to be telling yourself, affirmations to get in the right mindset as the owner of your business, also business tips and ideas. Some of them you're going to read and you're like, yep, got it, it's covered. And then others might give you some pause, ideas of things you might want to implement into your business to further either solidify or grow what you already have going. That's all I'm going to share with you right now, but I will tell you that we are just weeks away from getting this out to you. I'm going to do a limited first run, and if you want to be one of the first ones to know when it's available, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash add me, and you'll get an email when the planner is ready. That link again is giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash add me. There is no time like the present to take the next step on solidifying the dream you have for your business. 
the new inspired planner could be just the ticket to making sure that that actually happens for you this year. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll catch you again next Monday for a new episode of Gift Biz Unwrapped.